You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. My name is Christina and I am the blogger behind We Are Living Art. And my name is Danielle and I am the blogger behind All Things Coveted. Are we bloggers? Are we influencers? We don't even know. Content creators, all of the above. All of the above. Um, but we're here to share the inside scoop of all of that for you guys so you know exactly what the fuck is going on. Happy New Year, guys. It is the first week of the new year and we are ready. We are ready for 2020. 2020 is back in full swing, guys. Um, Back. It's just begun. (laughs) It's just begun. Nothing's changed. We're still grinding it out. I'm sure you guys are all too. By now, you're back from the holidays. Yeah, I hope you guys had a great new year. And hope you enjoyed your Christmas and the whole, I guess, time off season if you guys did have the luxury of getting time off. I know I got some time off. Um, I was in Spain for Christmas with my fam, which we did the whole um, <laughs> hitting the shitting the reindeer Catalonian tradition that we discussed in the previous episode. It was a lot of fun. My twin cousins are so adorable. They're literally like 15 now, I think, but I still treat them like they're seven. I feel um, like when you have little cousins, you always view them as like little cousins. Little cousins. <laughs> and they're twins. I'm like my, tw- I always like, I'm like my twin little cousins. But yeah, it was really fun. And then um, New Year's was also great. And I'm ready to just get back into action. I mean, yeah, it's the new year. You get, you have new goals, new resolutions. So we really wanted to kind of like touch on that and kind of talk about goal setting and and um, our New Year's resolutions. Yeah. So I mean, I do you believe in goal setting? I do believe in goal setting because I think they're very key pillars of what you need to achieve or kind of what you want to accomplish. But I do believe in pivoting. Like, I don't think that like... If you make a goal in January and like you want to change it in March, you can't. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Or if you don't accomplish it because it may have been unrealistic to accomplish it in like the short period of time that you've allowed yourself like you know don't be hard on yourself like set these goals because I think it's important to always better yourself and always achieve and never be stagnant yeah but I I definitely think that like you know be kind to yourself and have these goals in place but don't put pressure or extra stress on yourself to accomplish them in like an unrealistic amount of time yeah I mean I think the whole purpose of goal setting especially and new year's resolutions is just to like make commitments to yourself to like grow forward instead of again yeah plateauing or or you know just like being comfortable yeah and it's never too late to start like it's never too late to you don't have to make your new year's resolution like right on january 1st especially being as it maybe if you're going out and drinking you'll probably be hungover you definitely don't want to be thinking about the goals that you're like i feel disorganized (laughs) maybe never drinking again in 2020 but no i mean it's never too late to set goals it's never too late to start your quote-unquote new year year, year's year's resolution (laughs) so I think like 
be kind to yourself, set a few goals, maybe for the first month, maybe for the first six months, and then adjust them accordingly. So I haven't set all my goals yet, but there is like a certain strategy that someone taught me a couple years ago um, that I think is a good way to approach goal setting, which is you kind of... I mean, I think it's hard to just like make a goal because you have so many different sectors of your life. Right. So I think it's important to make a goal that targets like personal, a, go- a goal that targets work, business, Professional, yeah. personal relationships, work, business, wealth. Like, you know, it's important to like have goals for financial, fi- your financial mm-hmm. like growth or stability. Um, And then I think the last one was health as oh, well. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Because so- it kind of diversifies your goal setting. Yeah, because it makes it a lot more... The thing is, a lot of people set goals that are unrealistic or that aren't tangible. And setting a goal that doesn't have, like, something tangible connected to it is basically, like, nothing. Like, it's it's useless. So if you're, like, oh, like, my goal for wealth is, oh, like, I want to make sure that, you know, have this amount in savings. And then it's, like, well, how are you going to do that? It's not, like, oh, I want to have this amount in savings by June. It's, like, okay, I want to have this amount in savings by June. So the action I'm going to take is each month I'm going to put aside $1,000. or for each So attaching an action to your goal as well. Because if not, a lot of people, like, fall off the track. And then, again, you could get overwhelmed by not achieving because you're, like, fuck, I didn't do it again. I like that. Yeah, so that's something I learned that I think is important to implement. And it's a guide too. Like if you miss a day, then you kind of, you can say, okay. Restructure. Or just pick up where you left off. You don't have to feel like, oh, I'm not going to accomplish. Like it's done. Forget it. Yeah. Like like, I'm going to go to the gym and everyone goes to the gym in January because they want to like lose 15 pounds. And like they miss the first three. So like, ah, fuck fuck it. it. It's over. Well, I like that. I'm going to definitely implement that. I'm going to change mine around now that I have these um, tips and tricks. Because it's interesting to have a goal in each category of yourself, like so that you're a well-rounded person, really. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people will set goals that are, you know, working out, maybe spending more time with the family, maybe spending more time on work. And that's not necessarily checking all of the boxes in your life. And Mm -hmm. then maybe that's the reason why some goals don't end up being successful for the year, because you know, you're not really checking all of the boxes. Mm-hmm. You're not being well-rounded. No, absolutely. You're paying too much attention to one thing. Do you have any specific goals that you want to share with everyone? Um, Well, something I guess I could say more professionally is I've, for the last, like, year, I want to say, or even longer, I've been saying that I want to start YouTube. And oh, I I'm excited. So I put for one of my goals is actually starting YouTube. Okay. Because um, I feel like I... When I go away, I'll film, and then when I get back home, I you know I don't edit it in time, and then it grows stale, and, and then I'm like, like no one irrelevant. cares about the content. It's yeah, it's no longer relevant. So that's one of one of my professional goals. I have, I guess you can say, my personal goal that I have, or my relationship goal, would to be or to your man. Um, just to like everybody okay. around me, I guess you could say is that being that we have a job that, you know, we're on our phone and we are not as present as we could be, is like being more present in the moment and not maybe checking my phone when I'm like engaging in a conversation being at dinner, like connected. being more connected and, and putting in an, a larger effort or being just aware that like, I don't know, even sometimes I'll have this twitch where, like, I need to, like, look at my phone, but I'm not even looking at anything. Do you find that you ever, you do that sometimes? Like, you'll just be 
Like passing time? Not even passing time. Like you'll be, you'll be with somebody, let's say, and you're maybe thinking in the back of your mind, okay, I'm waiting for this email, let's say, mm-hmm. for example. Or a so, text from this boy. Or yeah. Who what, doesn't want to see you and you're like, what, what should I strategize to like get him sure. to see me next? Yeah. Something in your mind that you're like fixated on. Fixating on. So you kind of like open up your email or open up your text, but you're not really... It's like when you're hungry and you look in your fridge five times thinking that new food is (laughs) going to appear in your fridge, but it's like the same thing in your fridge. So I do that sometimes with my phone subconsciously, but not with people. I mean, yesterday I was like doing that thing with a boy thing. Like when I was at dinner, like a holiday with my friend. So that's with people. Yeah, but, like, I I find it's different because sometimes what I categorize being fixated on my phone is, like, when I'm literally, like, sitting around and I could be doing nothing Mm -hmm. and just, like, sitting. And then I go on my phone even though I've done everything on my phone that needs to be done and there's nothing new that can be done. And then I just, like, keep opening the apps, closing the apps. Uh, So that's something I don't like that I do. It's, like, just be present. Like, who cares if you're waiting for the doctor and, like, you checked all your emails? Like I guess for me it's that not so much that. It's more so, like, when I'm with somebody – Mm-hmm. spending as much time as I can with them in that Being moment engaged. because then afterwards I'm like why did I answer that email when I was with my friend I could have spent time more connection like I could have had a deeper connection with my friend and then just answered it later like yeah. nothing would have happened if I answered it then or in like three hours yeah so I think being present like is definitely something for me yeah. too then that I want to focus on and I think everyone should be because the reality is it's the people that make your life like what it is and it's the people who you surround yourself with that you know make what you do fulfilling and like mm-hmm. technology is just technology and our jobs are on technology and so so many other people's but all of that stuff can wait and at the end of the day you're not going to get as much fulfillment from like your digital you know relationship than with the real life in person yeah you have such limited time to spend like what we do we have you no have time some, on the server no but I mean you have limited time right like you have to even now like if I don't put in like a dinner with a friend in my schedule like I forget about it or it just slips my mind so I have to schedule those things in Mm -hmm. so if I'm scheduling those things in as like an appointment let's say I should give it the same they, treatment as like an appointment. That's so true. Like yeah. one of our podcast recordings, because we can't touch our phones. Yeah, you time, can. So it's like just really being engaged in the story or right. whatever the person's sharing. So that's something that I really want to try to do in 2020. Also, like so typical, but I find that I get into these like workout routines where I like go work out. I know you don't have this issue because I feel like you work out all the time, but I mean, or at least you try to. You wake up very early to work out. I know. I'm going to spin co later today because I could knock it up this morning. And I feel like a piece of lard. Like, I'm not even joking. I get into these routines where I'm like, work out, work out every day. And then I get into these slumps, I guess you can say, (laughs) where I don't work out for a long period of time. And so I guess my goal would be to just have a more steady routine like Mm -hmm. maybe four times a week or five times a week and I usually like when I do work out I treat it as like a a job like I'll do it during the week and then sometimes on On the the weekend weekend, take it off (laughs) yeah well no I mean I sometimes do it on the weekend but more so like I'll schedule it like in my week so I want to change in your calendar yeah so I want to change I guess my attitude around it and try to really just make it a steady routine instead of like working out for a month 
every weekday and then like not working out for two months, I like would rather work out like three times a week. Like every week. Every week. Is there a fitness goal you have in mind specifically? Like See, you this is something that I should implement how you just said you have like how am I going to get to that goal because I haven't done that I'm just like I want to do it I don't know if that's possible for me it would be like okay so like I like go to the gym because I want my butt to be bigger and like I don't want this like part at the bottom of my abs to be like flubby so like for me like I'm like I want to look a certain way Mm -hmm. and that's why I make the commitment to the gym because if I, I like I know that like I'm looking towards that and like if I don't do it then I'm like oh my butt will go flatter I'm like well then I notice something physical, so that's what your motivator motivates me to like do it. Maybe I should do that too. I feel like I was way more hard on myself when I was younger about being like skinny or <laughs> like looking at myself in the mirror, and then now I'm just kind of like I do still judge myself, and I still am pro- like everyone's their hardest critic in that sense. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm just like whatever. So for me, I was never large, but like I was just not as comfortable as I am now. And I feel like right now I'm like doing pretty well, like in how I look and how I feel. And it took a really long time. And like it took me starting to implement a routine for me to like not like go in, like try on clothes some days in the morning and be Mm -hmm. like, oh, I can't wear this because I look a certain way. And for so long, there was that feeling for me. And I was like, I hate that I have this like I hate that that this is a thing. I hate that I feel like I can't wear a certain top today because I feel like fat. Mm. So for me, like one of the main things was like, now that I look back, I'm like, I've gone to this point where now I can wear anything in my closet most of the time. And I never think that way. And like to think about it like that, it's like, wow, I really accomplished something because I'm always comfortable. Can you remember like the last time you thought like how long ago did or how long did it take you to? It took a very long time. Over a year? It took until probably about like a year and a half ago. Like until like always, it was always like that until about a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. Or I would literally look in the mirror. Like every time like I passed my room and there's a mirror, like I'd lift up my shirt and like look at how bloated I was. Like I never like had an eating disorder or anything, but I was always just like concerned with how yeah you know I think I, mean? Ever, I mean I was too like I still like sure. go and eat whatever like like it didn't matter but I was just like self-conscious I guess yeah and I don't know I just like now that I noticed that I don't do that anymore it's like oh well, that's nice you know yeah so I've never been like happy with the way that I looked but mm-hmm. I guess I don't really see for me like when I work out mm-hmm. I if I work out like two times I'll be like okay I feel better. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah. I, I feel better. I, like, seem tighter or mm-hmm. whatever, more, mm-hmm. like, totally. toned or... Toned isn't really a thing, but whatever. We can get into yeah, that. Yeah, it is. Not really. Okay, we'll get into that. Like, later. physically, it's not, like, something... You can't be, like, oh, I... You can say I want to get toned, but, like, toned is not... I feel like certain certain types of workouts... No, but like, I'm saying, like, lengthen and tone th- your body. Yeah, but it's not, it's not an actual thing, like, to tone... Like, toning your muscles instead of bulking? Yeah, I guess. Like, I feel like Pilates lengthens to- and tones, tones you yeah. versus weight training, like, builds, builds, builds and bulks. And bulks. Yeah. I feel like my routines are very off. Either I get into this routine where I'm, like, super healthy, super, like, motivated mm-hmm. to go to the gym, and then I go into these slumps where I'm like, fuck it, I love pizza. I just want to eat pizza. Mm-hmm. I don't care. And it's because I don't really see, like, drastic changes, changes one way or the other one way or the other but the thing is is that if I maybe 
stuck with like the healthy for a little bit longer than like X amount of time, mm-hmm. then maybe I would see the changes. But because I don't see drastic changes, like I could basically eat whatever you and like, off. Yeah. yeah. So then I'm just kind of like, well, if I can eat this pizza and look the same, yeah. then like, why do I even care? But it's more so like my, my goal for this year to go for the gym is just to have an overall like healthier, yeah, routine, but healthier, like have more energy, um, use food huge. to fuel myself as opposed to like feeling tired after like you overeat. And so I want to start implementing that as more of like a routine in my life as a, as opposed to like falling off, you can say, quote unquote, the bandwagon every so often or like on the weekend, like having pizza because I'm like, fuck it. I ate healthy during the week. Like, no, you ate healthy during the week. So don't eat the pizza. It's honestly like I know what they say, like it's all about balance, but it's it just really depends on your body. Like, I just really fucking like pizza. For me, <laughs> for me, like I, you know, for a while, like I was like super. Like whenever we went to restaurants, I wouldn't have pasta. Like I would like stick to like, you know, what I'm supposed to yeah. have. And unfortunately, like, for me, for my type of body, like I had to work really hard to achieve a certain look. Whereas like I always obviously had friends around me who like could just like eat the pizza and be skinny mm-hmm. or whatever. But I was like, I have to either go all in and be super not strict, but super Well dedicated to like dedicated not having to the diet and to like the diet meaning like the type of food I was eating and to the workout routine because I wouldn't be able to achieve it without so to, to go back to what you were saying, it is really putting your all into it if you want to see the results. And then once you've done that for a while, then you can start like, you know, being a little bit generous and like, like certain lenient. Areas, lenient. Yourself, yeah. yeah. Or just like, you know, now I can, now I do have like all the, the carbs when I want to and stuff like that. But it is like anything. It's like, you have to like work it, grind out it, at it for a while before you can start like taking a little bit of a step back mm-hmm. because if not you won't see the results because you, you don't yeah. you know what I mean like you're not going to see results unfortunately and that's why people who like have like for example like a really massive butt who've been working at it it took them like three years or know? maybe in and now that yeah <laughs> but like now that they are at three years they can like go on a holiday and take two weeks off and like that doesn't their body's fine. Right. Whereas, right. like, now, even for me, I'm at the point still where it's, like, if I go on vacation, like, I need to be able to work out. If not, I feel like shit. I'm, like, oh, I feel, like, unhealthy. I feel, like, I'm getting looser. <laughs> no, but it you is a I mean? thing. I feel, like, if I take a lot of time off from working out, I feel, like, I guess you could say. But for me, a lot of time is, like, five days. Because I feel, but like. But then I do that one class, and it's, like, I feel good again. Yeah. So Anyways, more of a healthy routine and attitude towards working out and food, I guess you can say. Yeah. But I feel like that's everyone in the new year. Yeah, I feel like everyone goes like, yeah, like I'm going to do this, but I actually want to do it. Gym memberships in January. And also the types of workouts that I do, I want, like I would rather them be something that I have fun with, like classes. Like I enjoy going to classes because I schedule them and it's like I can't cancel them because I've already scheduled them. I don't do well with like going to a gym because then it's... Yeah, I do that again and it's like, I'm like... I have to do it by myself. Like I like, started going to the gym again. I like obviously classes, but yeah. So I'm like, okay. And then you have to like think about like everything that you're gonna do. You have to do your warm up, and you're like, you have to do the bands, and then you're like, then I. But then I'm like, oh, like I go to this machine, and then I'm like, oh, I'm wearing a crop top. Like, what if someone's? I don't fucking know. Actually, some annoying. things I'm that like, are good that I find are like apps that give you. I have a subscription to this thing I got purchased a while, like a booty challenge thing. 
It just hasn't redownloaded. But yeah, those are good. It's good to like know exactly what you're going to do when you go to the gym because then you don't waste time thinking about it or on your phone and you're like, okay, I have to get through it. If not, I can't leave. And you know what part part of the body you want to target. Yeah. Or if you want to do arms, legs, abs. And you're more effective. full body. Okay, so that's another one of mine. I also put down to meditate more frequently or uh, more regularly because I do have the Insight app and I do try meditating. It's called Insight. Okay. I find that I meditate better with like music rather than like a guided voice okay. just because some of the voices are annoying and I don't mm-hmm. enjoy them and I don't find them to be relaxing. So I usually use like, you know, uh, waves crashing or, you know, those kinds of things. And Insight has those uh, has a catalog of those things. Mm-hmm. I think I've mentioned it before in a podcast that we did but I haven't done it in a while so I would love to kind of implement that in my morning routine again or just like maybe in my bedtime routine um, just taking no more than five minutes and sitting down just to like finish or start my day in a peaceful way yeah oh maybe I should make a financial goal that's you can make like a well like, goal. You can make like a personal. Yeah. I mean, personal could be like. Well, I think fitness falls into health, actually, not personal. So. Yeah, and then personal would be the more and present. relationship. You relationship, know. yeah. Don't really get married in twenty twenty. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so many weddings this year. Oh my god. So I have one. I have my first wedding to go to. That's like for a friend, and I'm literally like over the moon about it. I cannot wait. It's not until May, but... Oh, that's such a nice time to do it, I know. Too. I, like, booked it, and I'm like, okay. I can't book my flight because I don't know where I'm going to be flying from, but... Right. Yeah. That would be nice. Is it... Where is it? In Pennsylvania, I think. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know anything about the once. States. I don't know anything about the States, so I'm actually super down to go. That'll be a nice little adventure. Yeah. Do you have any other resolutions to add in, or...? Um, I don't have anything specific, so maybe I'll intro it in the next episode, but um, I just wanted to kind of go over more, like, the structure of how you can goal set, and I think you guys should just, you know, maybe take some pieces of information that we've shared, um, and send us your New Year's resolutions, actually. We could definitely share them on the next episode. If you yeah. send if you send us, like, what works for you, or what you found is, like, the best way to achieve the things that you want to set out to do for the year. Because another way of doing it is, like, a vision board right like you know putting a vision board and you can you can add in all those categories that you kind of touched upon yeah for personal professional wealth health yeah no absolutely and people who are more visual learners and like manifestors I think would um, appreciate that sort of way of doing it a little bit more I agree all right, guys, so send us in your resolutions and um, let's get right into the episode. So today we are interviewing Andrea DiPaolo, who I've known for quite a while now. Um, she is a, I guess you can say she'll get into it more in depth, but she's like a spiritual healer. She also has a jewelry line. She's very into the energy reading. I would Energy say. reading. Yeah. Connecting to the other side. So it's going to get a little bit mystical. It's going to get a little... (laughs) No, just kidding. No. So we're going to have her today speak about um, what she does and um, how she does it. So we have Andrea DiPaolo here. Why don't you give a brief introduction of who you are and what you do? Should I start it like I start all my Instagram videos? Hey, it's Andrea. It's just from QNC. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you should. Letting you guys know that I'm here on, in case you haven't heard. So excited. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, brief intro about myself. Uh, I am 32, entrepreneur, have multiple businesses. QNC is by far my favorite. Uh, I am definitely a spiritual diehard. 
I love everything about crystals and healing and helping people. I have been doing this for about five years, probably in the last three, QC has been in full effect. In my head, it's been around for seven. Um, and I've actually gone on my own personal journey since I was 25. So it was a long time for me to get where I am today, but it definitely merged at one point in my life because jewelry was something I did since I was about 18. And around 25, my own personal journey kind of took off and we wanted to discover a little bit more about myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had that proverbial conversation of looking in the mirror saying, mm, I don't really like what I see. And I wanted to do a little bit of work. And one day I realized that crystals were part of that journey and everything kind of came together. And I am now a proud, proud mama of a jewelry company that helps people. So what um, were your other businesses before we get into QNC? Yeah, so I actually was in the hotel industry for the last 10 years. Okay. So I was working as sports and entertainment, doing their sales management, business development. I still have a company that I work directly for called HTG Sports. Mm -hmm. uh, they're an amazing company. Um, I do a lot with them. I have my own coaching business as well as you know intuitive development, energy development, aside from QNC that I, I do keep somewhat separate. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things on the go, but there are two passions, which is I think business in general and then helping people. So I've just found a great way to think I think merge, merge the two. The two. We're gonna to talk to you today more about like the spiritual realm, like what you do outside of QC that kind of molds together with QC. Yeah. Can you pinpoint kind of when you first started to notice your intuitive feelings or your connection with the spiritual realm, if you say. Yeah, and also maybe explain that because I feel like right now, like people might not know exactly what that means. Yeah, so uh, what I would define as intuition is that kind of this knowing, right? There's different types of intuition in the spiritual context. I found, well, my parents said that they saw me being a very intuitive being in child from a very young age. They noticed it probably from I was three or four. I noticed that I had this extra sense, uh, a lot more so when I was in my late teens, and I embraced it a little bit more, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I eventually started really working on it at around 25, like I said, and I, I more so embraced it there. But for those people who don't know what you know an intuitive sense would be, there's different types of clairvoyance, claircognizance, clairaudience, which means you can hear certain things that are outside of yourself or your higher self speaking to you. You can see uh, in your mind's eye, not necessarily you know, in full form, what it is that you know they're trying to, I say they, like as in there's a group of people like a crowd giving you the message, mm -hmm. but your higher self or God, whatever you want to call it, the universe. So there's a way to see it in your, in your eye. Um, Claire cognizance is just a knowing. So some people have this really unusual gift, which is they just know. They know like they know, they have no download, they have no vision, they have no hearing, nothing that would give them a tangible, not even a smell, and they just know. So there are definitely different types of intuitive abilities, I guess you could say, but I definitely harnessed mine probably closer to my mid to late 20s, sure. And is this type of feeling, is it similar to like a medium or is Absolutely. this, would someone who may be considered a medium, I know you don't want to put someone in a box, but yeah. for someone who's calling themselves a medium versus who has a knowing, mm -hmm. like what's the right terminology to use? Yeah. So medium, medium, I, I really believe is twofold. 
Medium is usually somebody, uh, again, like myself, that's one of my abilities as well. Um, it's often something that I don't really regularly publicize because it gives people the heebie-jeebies. I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, you see dead people? No, I don't. And not in physical form. But I just, they don't walk in and be like, hey, it's Bob. No. But, uh, they, I'm here. Yeah, hello. I've arrived. So definitely a medium would be somebody that has what I like to call higher antennas. So we all have the ability to spiritually connect and intuitively connect. Mm-hmm. But mediumship, I think, is a little bit more unique in a sense where we can actually connect with energy that is no longer in this physical realm. And it's a really unusual gift that I actually figured out that I had when one of my girlfriends at work when I was working at the hotel, so hotels served a major purpose for me. They were the center of me discovering a lot of things about myself. That's amazing. Yeah, she was talking about a loved one that had passed on, and I just started seeing things in my head. And I was like, well, this is, I, I don't know anything about this person. And so I just gave it a shot one day, and I started saying what I saw. And it just so happened that I was bang on. And then from there, it kind of gave, I think... The message that I was willing to work and that's what started happening was I was able to use those antennas and got them stronger and stronger and stronger where I was able to connect on a different level uh, and offer some healing messages to those especially you know who had loved ones that crossed over there's also a different type of mediumship called medical mediumship as well they have the ability to intuit what's going on in the, phys- the physical body you know whether it's an ailment or something that you need um, they can definitely tap in and that's a that I've developed over the course of time too so if the light switches of being a medium versus a psychic you know if I could give you those that breakdown Mm -hmm. the light switches for a medium I would think would be if there was a row right they're higher up in Mm -hmm. terms you have to reach a little higher to connect psychics can work with energy that is a bit more in this realm I feel not putting people in a box like you said but uh, definitely mediums have the ability to connect with something outside of this physical earth. Okay. Psychics typically have more of a, a connection in this physical earth. And then you have people like me who would probably belong together in both. So you could see, like say about myself or about me, that would be in the future, for example. Or is it more reading energy of the person based on their past experiences and like uncovering things that they go through now and maybe being able to figure out why they you know have certain things that like bother them or things that are in their subconscious that they have to kind of uncover yeah so it could really be anything I I think that um, I'm able to connect with something that's definitely in your subconscious okay absolutely my intuition my sonar does not I call it sonar it's like a dolphin you can just ping things and it just bounces back Uh, yes, absolutely. Definitely looking into your subconscious or taking a moment to see what's going on in your mind is absolutely something that I believe a lot of people have the ability to do, including myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, past, absolutely. I can sense if something went on. Present, I can definitely sense future 100%. But the one thing that I will say, and this is kind of a PSA, if you will, is the reason why I think a psychic message or an intuitive message can be so powerful, especially if it's future based mm-hmm. is because if you don't like it, you have the ability to change it. We are the creators of our own lives. So if there's something that you're hearing that doesn't really resonate with you and you have the ability to make that conscious effort and choice to, to kind of switch it up, you can switch it up. So to unpack it further, like your abilities, your sonar, what do you see? Like, is it just like a feeling that's internal and you just kind of know, or is it like 
silhouettes like what it or is it is it I want to know like when you're when you're in a reading or when you yeah. feel these things yeah how does it impact you and then how do you then give the message to the person so I can give you it's like question. very very deep question okay, but if it's, yeah is it like is there any like science behind it or is it all just like you fig because I'm like if you have to figure out how to do all of this it's like where do you learn how to figure it out or do you just create your own sort of practice to be able to decipher the information and then essentially okay share it so the way that I think that it it helps because it it's already turned on is when I think your parents don't shut it down so I think first and foremost you have to have someone in your life at a very young age that does not shut it down including yourself so I never really shut down my ability so I think that's why I was able to train myself earlier on okay if that makes sense mm -hmm. but I deal with a number of people and a number of clients who have shut down their abilities a long time ago and it's now backpedaling going back and saying what do we need to do to heighten that and create that sensitivity again because it's really exercising a muscle the pineal gland in the brain is the science behind it mm -hmm. is in the center of the brain and in ancient societies they've discussed it to resemble the eye of Ra or eye of Horus a pine cone the you know similar formation that sits on the top of Buddha's head and that in itself is a resemblance to the fact that our brain can actually function in an intuitive sense rather than just a logical sense. There are certain scientific things that the spiritual community has let out that can help you exercise that muscle, if you will. Uh, and that's not ingesting anything with fluoride, making sure your water is fluoride-free, your toothpaste is fluoride-free because it calcifies that gland. And this one is if you don't use it, you lose it. So you're plant-based? Yeah, I'd say I'm 80, 80%. I'd still dabble in certain things because I think it helps keep me on track and not that's my personal choice not to completely fall off the bandwagon. Yeah. I've been 80% plant-based for the last five years. And that's when I first was going through the process of really wanting to cleanse myself and utilize my abilities to help others. Mm -hmm. I got really serious. Vegan, vegetarian, you, you name it, I... I did that for a long time, but I found that I would kind of fall off the bandwagon. Now that we know how to kind of heighten that mm -hmm. that part of the brain, mm -hmm. when it comes to you, right? Okay, well, first I want to know. <laughs> okay, when you were young, what were the early signs of of this being something or an ability that you were able to harness? I just knew things about people that I probably shouldn't have at oh, that young of an age. Yeah. And you're like, why? This why is why do I know this? You know, and I would always kind of get a greater sense of if something was good, bad or indifferent, especially people. I can go back to in my teens again at a younger age when I was having dreams that were happening. That was one of my first signs. And I still have very, very prophetic dreams to this day. If I have a dream about it and you're in it, you better believe it's going to happen. Oh, God. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like one of those weird things. Because I also think that in my day to day life, I use my my gifts, my abilities for so many other people that that's their way of kind of helping me check in for myself. Mm. Okay. Right? Yeah. So how would I, what do I see? What do I feel now? Yeah. Now, now, now it's, now I am in, I think what I believe is a permanent state of being alert or my sonar is usually on. I can completely have normal conversations like this, go out. I won't feel anything, but that's also because I think I practice shutting it off. Mm. On the mediumship end of things, when I believe someone's ready to connect, they stand on my left side. I don't physically see anybody. I don't physically get a, a, an image. I don't turn to the left and say, hey, Mary, how you doing? Stuff like that. Trust me. I'd be so it's not like that. Yeah, like that would be like... 
<laughs> You're here again? <laughs> why, why are you? We're t- we to talk one more time. I thought we disconnected that call. You don't see anyone on the end of your bed or <laughs> no, no, I, lurking in the closets or in the uh, bathroom. Making a cup of coffee when you wake up in the morning. <laughs> oh, did you want <laughs> <laughs> No one's standing randomly in a plaid chirping like, um, no, no, not at all. I don't actually see anything physical like that, but I do know that um, my left side goes entirely cold. And that is my sign that they're ready to connect with me. The stronger the energy, the colder I get. So I know that the person is trying to deliver rapid fire messages, for example, when I am ice cold. Like your, your body is just... My like... entire left side. So the right side of the body is the masculine or the more mm. logical, analytical. And the left side of the body is spiritual and more feminine, right? So mm-hmm. they connect on my left side. Okay. Um, in terms of what I see, it's all in my mind's eye. I can see vivid colors, descriptions, words, pictures, things like that. Even when I'm working with, you know, people for QC, a stone will pop up into my head and it'll just so happen to be the exact meaning or the exact kind of prescription, if you will, of what they need energetically. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll be in the middle of cooking and I'll just know like I know. I'll I'll get a, a word, a sense, a phrase, and a specific person, a person that I know, a friend of mine, a loved one will pop into my mind and I'll already know something that's going on with them before they tell me. So that's also a really interesting thing that I've developed, which is I become very connected with the people that I love. And if I love you and I care about your well-being, they will ping me. It's like that sonar, right? I get that ping. And the best way I could describe it is kind of like hearing your own voice in your own head if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's really your higher self talking to you. It's not anybody else. Because we all have these intuitive abilities and feelings. That's one thing that I think society still has to kind of shake the dust off on a little bit is we all we all have it. It's just a matter of whether or not you want to tap into it to what degree and how you genuinely feel about what you can do for others, I think. It's like that elevated, more of a more elevated like gut instinct, I guess. Uh Right? So... Absolutely. And the science behind the gut instinct is absolutely there. They say that there are microbes in the stomach that actually send off signals to your brain. So I train my clients to do the bottom up approach. Listen to your gut first, let it resonate with your heart, then let your mind do the rest of the work because your mind's just going to logic that stuff out. Mm -hmm. It's never going to be that thing that tells you if it's right or wrong intuitively. Your mind's going to go in circles 16 ways to Sunday before it actually gets to a decision. It's It's your gut and your heart that kind of need to speak up first. I'm curious to know how, when, because when you were discovering this and now that you, you know, have built this like super heightened like awareness for it, like how does that affect personal relationships or like potential romantic relationships? Oh, that's so good. I love that question. Um, I mean, I feel like if I knew everything, I would just, I don't even know what I would do. Or you can really just see through people right away. I feel like it helps you cut a lot of bullshit. I don't know. You tell me. Oh, the bullshit gets cut so quick. Okay, so we're going to talk real talk. I'm going to get girly right now, real quick. Sorry in advance if I've ever dated you. I apologize. I, in all honesty, have uh, an ability to read people that, like I said, I've had from a young age. Personally, with family and friends, it is what I believe makes me unique to them and them unique to me because we have a very unique bond that I am a completely non judgmental individual that I can see right past your bullshit. And I'm never going to judge you for your bullshit, but I think it strengthens a lot of relationships that I have, especially in my family, my friends, because they will rely on me and I will rely on them. 
I also talk to them the way that they often talk to me, which is, what do you feel? I don't want to know what you think. I want to know what you feel. Because thinking is coming from a place of conditioning, right? Feeling is coming from a place of intuition and that knowingness that I'm talking about. So it really is so beneficial. My parents and I have a wonderful open relationship about it. And they'll often call me and say, Peter, what's, what are you feeling about it? Do you get anything? I've often written things down on paper for them, given it to them, and it's actually happened. So I serve as, I think, a greater guidance system in some ways, and they do the same for me. And I can't say that it's a one-ended. In other instances, for those family and friends relationships outside of the romantic, it can get me into some trouble because I know what you know the person's intentions or feelings or motives are well before they tell me. So I also have an element of frustration where I have to sit back and let them be human and let myself be human and that mm-hmm. experience to occur without me interfering. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Without me psychically or intuitively interfering. Don't you have that urge though? Always. Always. I'm like, girl, please. I already know. But you know what I mean? <laughs> you just let it kind of play. No, you oh. have to let people be people. You, you, I believe if you have a state of awareness that is elevated, it is also your duty to treat it with respect and to treat other people with the same respect. And if they need or want to share something with you at a later date, you got to let them do what they need to do, right? You can't interject and say, well, I know that you feel this way about me or whatever the case is. You have to let them come to you when it is that they feel it's necessary. Romantically, one cool thing I think about the energetic place that I've gotten to is I've met a lot of really cool men that accept me for what I am and who I am. Mm-hmm. Really wonderful characters who have been very much in alignment with my gifts and abilities. And even if they haven't believed it at some point, they kind of see it happening in front of their eyes. I've been on dates where within the first 25 minutes, I know exactly what the flag or where the flag is. And again, the frustration is I have to be human. I can't sit in unicorn land and be like, well, I already know the past life that you've had right now. I mean, I see how it can be like a negative, not a negative thing, but it's just if you already know, like it's not going to be this, or it's not going to work out or whatever. It's just like, I don't want to waste my time. But then it's like, but then I don't get to experience the person at all. Right. So right. it's just like it's a, it's a difficult balance. Yeah. I've had to make the decision on some cases to not ignore, but set aside my okay. feeling and experience the person regardless does that make sense yeah if they're worth it and the time mm-hmm. effort etc but usually that gut feeling is right and we as women we chose the divine feminine body in this existence mm. and we chose to came, like we came here with the hardware already set in we just need, literally need to turn on the switch to some degree right even men i've had men that have openly admitted to me that they're extremely intuitive people i've had men come out to me with gut instincts and vibes and downloads and they say their thing and then I'm like okay girl, you do you baby I love it keep going right like I mm-hmm. encourage it mm-hmm. I encourage everybody to say what they feel and not what they think first but yes I've had to let myself be human for sure mm-hmm. even if it bites me in the ass yeah so for you, obviously, the relationship side and, and that connection side can be difficult. But are there any other physical reactions or mm-hmm. th- does it drain you? Is mm-hmm. it t- is it tiring? Does it do you have to kind of recharge? And what do you do in order to recharge and regroup? Um, can it be draining? Yes. Certain energies and certain people can absolutely 
be draining for sure. Certain readings, I've done a couple of readings on certain uh, people or um, done some energy work where I'm sitting on a one-on-one -on -one client with a session and they can be in the room and I will just feel like the battery went from 100 to zero. Because they have like a more negative sort of energy or? Um, you know what? I think that their energy is just not vibrating at the rate that it could be. If that makes sense. Okay. They're coming in a little bit on a slower pattern, mm -hmm. slower vibratory pattern. Yeah. So what do I do? I often meditate. I meditate daily. And that's one way that I genuinely recharge. There's other ways. I use different crystals as well. I always keep certain things on me that kind of help me. Sage, incense, even like a you know cleansing shower, bath, something like that. Water is a great conduit to kind of wash things away. You know, there's a reason why the tides shift with the moon and everything is so connected to the ocean, and that's because it is truly a cleansing energy. What would a schedule sort of be um, like day in the life for you? And like say, like how many clients would you have? And like would you have to recharge between each client? Day in the life. Okay, so for example, uh, this morning I woke up, I meditated, had my shower, did my thing got myself ready for a client, sat there in silence, waiting to see if I got anything prior to the client's arrival that I needed to address with them. And I'll just usually wait until a message or something comes through. And it could just be a, a sense of their energy of what I'm feeling. The client sessions usually last about an hour and a half. Yes, in between clients, I will cleanse. I will either meditate for five to 10 minutes again, or I will sage and or use some sort of incense to kind of cleanse the space, cleanse myself. And typically my schedule can vary after that. I can be in the middle of, you know, doing something business related and QC that that's, again, there's a very big unicorn side and then business because you're very numbers based also. I am very numbers based. I like dealing with high frequencies for sure. So then today I um, ended up being on a couple calls with some pretty big partners and working things out and having to sit down again and talk to other clients and work with other people intuitively over the phone and have some discussions and set some ground rules out for how, again, I operate a lot on intuition on how I'm going to do things for my businesses moving forward and sat here for a good 15 minutes before you guys came and made sure that I was in the right headspace and kind of cleansed myself so that I could bring, I guess, a pureness to you know, the discussion, right? So a lot of cleansing in between everything because mm -hmm. I think that we're not really conscious of so many different interactions can really kind of start laying what I define as like that energetic dirt, right? Not to say that it's a negative person, but everything and anything can and can come in contact with you and create an opportunity for your energy to shift. So it's your responsibility to keep on track, especially if you're helping other people. I mean, they want to be supported by somebody who's in alignment and not bringing their stuff to the table. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to kind of pivot to the business that you have, Quartz and Canary QC. Yeah. When did you come up with the idea of using these healing crystals and having the healing properties of these crystals go hand in hand with design and jewelry that would actually look good? So I was 23 when I left the jewelry industry. And to give you the Coles Notes version, that was when I got into hotels. I thought I put my pliers down. I thought I put everything in the jewelry world down and it just so happened that again, hotels, they were a huge part of my growth, you know, and that's a testament to, I believe a message to everybody who's listening, don't knock the place that you're in because you don't know what it's going to bring, you You know, just because it doesn't look like where you want to be doesn't mean it isn't where you're going to be one day. It's going to facilitate that. Right. So I had a girl 
come up to me and said, I heard you were in the jewelry industry and I hear you dabble with things. Would you like to design something for my bridal party and myself? I said, yes. I was scared shitless. And that was about two years before um, my own awakening occurred. Mm -hmm. So I started designing bridal jewelry. And I eventually got to the place and to the point where one day I was at, you know, my coach's house and I was having a discussion with her and she looked at me and she said, you know, honey, you have a really great talent for jewelry and you have an eye for it. So do you know that they kind of talk about crystals and how they help the body and what crystals can really do in the meditative practice and the spiritual practice? And then it was like every light switch went off. The name Quartz and Canary was originally developed for a bridal jewelry line. And the reason why I merged the two names at the time, which was two years before this actually hit me, was because quartz was not so high end of a stone and canary being a diamond, you know, a very luxurious piece is a much higher end. So I wanted to bring that balance of like, an, you know, a semi-luxurious bridal brand that wasn't breaking the bank, but doing something fantastic, right? And then I found out in my own journey that uh, quartz and canary was a huge name for the spiritual end of things, quartz being the master healer, the stone that actually is used quite frequently, and canary also being the bird that went to save people in the mines. So the two merged, mm -hmm. and that's when I started really dabbling in crystals and making things work, and I've always had an eye for design in terms of the creative side, and I've always been pretty industrious. I spent probably as much time in dance and playing with Barbies as I did in the garage with my dad, so there was that growing meets industrial vibe always to me. And I was really, and this is not to, no tea, no shade, okay? This is not to shade any other brands or any other people who are in the healing business. I say the more the merrier. At the end of the day, we got to get it out there and help people. Mm -hmm. But I was so tired of the labels and the box that you have to kind of have this boho, bohemian, crazy, <laughs> and exactly what you're saying, yeah. To wear the jewelry and to be a part of this kind of movement. I wanted jewelry that didn't make you afraid or concerned that spirituality was something negative or you know, challenging or kind of like arduous. I didn't want people to feel like they had to be something or somebody, that they could just wear it and get into it. Mm -hmm. I also wanted to make a product that was customized to the person's energy because as a jeweler, I was so tired of going into stores and seeing a ring and saying, I don't like that, that metal though. Great ring, ugly metal. Honest, but like off the top of my head, I'm like picturing like maybe five or six stores I've gone into because my mom, um, she has a bunch of stones. Like we have a lot in our house. Mm -hmm. I honestly don't know what each of them indicate, but but then we go like whenever you go into the stores, it's like a tacky like silver like metal with right. like the ring or yeah like i've never seen anything in there that doesn't fit like a certain stereotype and then people yeah think they have to be like really kind of like ooh, like mm -hmm. out there to buy into it yeah. and to not feel like weird yeah. about repping it i wanted qc to be the brand that create you you know dni you and i have like kind of always bounce around the create you thing and yeah we have 144 variations of our bracelet of our signature connected bracelet. And that was for me, the biggest thing I wanted to engineer a bracelet where you can really drag and drop your crystal, drag and drop your, your hardware mm -hmm. and make something that feels right to you. Not because I combine these stones and now these stones are the only thing that I'm selling in this combination. I wanted people to feel like they were building just as much of a part of themselves as I was, because if that's a train bracelet was helping you with your finances and your luck and your abundance and your anti-anxiety, and you really like it with a gold clasp, then that's what I want to make for you. I don't want to sell you a citrine bracelet that you don't like. 
because I want you to take that thing to the office. I want you to take it to a wedding. I want you to take it to, you know, wherever. I wanted it to be a brand that you did not have to feel like you had to take it off at any point. <laughs> so that was really where the, the style, I think, came into it is I wanted it to be cool. I wanted anybody, any walk of life to be able to wear it. Yeah. I think what makes Quartz and Canary different than other brands, in my personal opinion, is like, yeah, you do go into those stores and you see that kind of like hocus pocusy, like, oh, here's a crystal on a, you know, on a bracelet. Or like, or or like the dream looks catcher like, earrings with this. Yeah. Like it looks like something like- you make at camp in like craft yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Then you also get these big box names like the David Yermans of the world and the Alex that. and Andes of the world that have these crystals, but they don't have the the true healing properties that these crystals that, for example, you would be working with have, you mm-hmm. know? So it kind of, it's merging that real crystal that would genuinely help you mm-hmm. with that kind of design side at an affordable price. Because for me too, like I have a few crystals around my house. Like I have quartz, mm-hmm. rose quartz. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some white crystals mm-hmm. and I know I have citrine and all of mm-hmm. these kinds of things. And mm-hmm. obviously if you're buying the name brand, the price is going to be exponentially higher, but does it actually have the real healing properties? Where did that crystal come from? Well, so yeah, that's that would be my question. So, how do your crystals differentiate, or like, are they how like, do you source them? Maybe yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm a little bit particular again. Again, this is because of my jeweler's background. Right. I like things that are untreated. So there's heated and treated gemstones that are pretty prevalent out there. Uh, and for example, the citrine that I buy, which is one of my favorite examples to use, is untreated completely. So no dyes, no heat treatments, nothing. And I spend quite a bit on a strand that's about seven and a half inches and that's all I buy at a time or I buy you know seven of those strands at a time but I will source them from a reputable distributor in Texas who knows where he's getting all the stones. I also have a couple of local companies that I work with quite closely here in Toronto that help me source some stones and for example when I'm buying sodalite that's from Bancroft Ontario you'd be surprised at how mineral rich um, Bancroft Ontario is it's actually the gemstone capital of Canada a lot of stones can be sourced here and that's all just part and parcel of making sure that when you are sourcing stones you're not even like there's something called hydro which hydroponic it's like the same way they grow weed and shit it's in a hydroponic warehouse yeah it's it's the same thing they can grow gemstones in a lab so i don't like buying hydro gemstones personally Mm -hmm. it's a lot more expensive for my client to buy the natural the real thing but that's my personal preference. When I'm buying ametrine, I want to make sure that it's not ametrine in the lab. I want Mother Nature to have done the work. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I, I was, I mean, I don't know the facts about, like, I don't want to call out these big box names and say that they're using, like, fake gemstones. Because I really don't know. Right. But cost-effectively speaking and, like, margin-wise, if they can mark up something that's going to be cheaper... Well, also, with, if you're creating that much, right? If you're, like, a massive store, right. you're probably creating, like... Multiple m- units. Like, more than thousands. Yeah. Like, well, I'm not going to say hundreds of thousands, but, yeah, multiple units. So, it's... I don't know. That's the thing. It's like with anything. When you grow significantly, like, you end up having to take, I don't know, cuts in at certain areas um, just to make sure your business model is still, like, is profitable and stuff. But. Right. Yeah. So, to speak on, in, again, the big box stores, I really... I don't shade David Herman at all. No, I, I love his pieces. Like, I have a bunch of his yeah. jewelry. I have Onyx from him, and yeah. I still consume it. I'm just saying I don't wear my Onyx ring because Thinking, I feel like yeah. I need the healing properties of my Onyx. Oh, for sure. I just wear it because I like the piece. Right. Um, so I think that some of them have strategically jumped on the bandwagon 
because it it's something that they again feel like it's the trend and i always say consciousness is a choice not a trend right and i'm never going to tell one of my clients chew on a piece of clear quartz or wear it every day it's going to solve all your problems that's not what qc is qc and or myself in general is some type of kind of i think like a theoric brand that wants to get you to understand that this is one of the elements that can help you you know mm -hmm. think about when you're given an amulet as a kid or a you know, a crucifix or anything, or you know, even the horn. So yeah. Oh, Ital you're yeah. bringing the Italian, Italian roots. Do you guys have something like that in we like have a cross? Like okay, but I the horn is like the what's it called, malocchio? Yeah. It's, do you have, I'm, I'm sure you do. I'm sure. So it's called a malocchio and it's, it's, the, evil it's the evil eye and it's very, very, I feel like Italians and e Europeans in general, like are very superstitious. Mm -hmm. And so there's a thing in, in our culture where, oh, she gave you malocchio. So you need this, like, it's like a horn and it's basically to ward wow. off the evil or the bad spirits. And it's literally just a red horn. Yeah. And it's very much like grandmothers or, you know, people mm -hmm. will have it in their car. Mm -hmm. Or also my grandmother would have like Padre, P Padre Pio, is yeah, that a yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, he's a saint though, it's different than that. But she would have just like his picture in the car with like a rosary and like the horn. On the side of like saints and stuff, my grandma always wears like a bunch of chains and like a couple have a saint on it, I think. But I don't know, nothing specific like that. Yeah. I feel like... I feel like in Spain, like people like are Catholic, they go to church and, but that's it. Like, I don't know. I'd be down to have like an evil eye thing. Like I like the whole concept mm -hmm. of like, and it looks like nice on jewelry and stuff, mm -hmm. but, mm -hmm. um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. So the, the horn in your mind, they're, they're putting this thing on you and pinning it into your, your undershirt as a kid or, and they're telling you it's going to help, you know, ward off the people yeah. that wish evil upon your soul. And in my opinion, we believe these things in our mind and to some degree it helps us. So also what I prescribe to everybody is the power of, of believing is enormous. Absolutely, so yeah. wearing something every day that feels valuable to you is also part of strengthening that muscle of belief because I don't even think that crystals at this point, are, I think crystals believe people believe in crystals more than sometimes they believe in themselves. Okay. And I think the art form that we're trying to, you know, get at is having them not only have that same belief in, in their jewelry as they do in them. Because people will believe more on the outside things than they do on the inside things, right? So I'm trying yeah. to merge the two and say, okay, yes, you made this bracelet for your energy. Absolutely, it's going to help you. There's scientific and spiritual properties behind it, most definitely. But I want you to take this to another level. Believe in you. Believe mm. in you. For five seconds, even if you hold that thought for five seconds, just believe in you, you know? Instead of looking to like external sources to find them. Mm. Yeah, and, and that's why I think that a lot of these brands have jumped on the bandwagon because that trend is there. And mm -hmm. just, you know, I was having another conversation with a, a jeweler who uh, I work closely with and he's in the wholesale game and retail game as well. And he told me that Alex Ani is down 60% this year. And I'll tell you what I really believe to be why and that's because for a long time they were selling these products that had crystal on them then they weren't they were not at all i think that people eventually see that so um what's your favorite thing about being able to like read energy and do what you do the messages that i get after i'm done that's my favorite thing from the, the people? people yeah 
Yeah, I get the most heartfelt messages afterwards. Thank you, I feel lighter, I believe in myself, I don't feel crazy, you know, thank you so much for helping me today. That's my favorite part of reading energy, even though it could be draining for me, even though it could be tiring in some aspects, or you might have a very closed off person that may be very difficult to interpret. I genuinely believe that um, that that is probably the like silver lining, the icing on the cake is when I get a message or a phone call afterwards saying thanks for helping me out. Every episode we like to ask about assumptions that people might have about your industry, your career. Yeah. Um, so we want to kind of dive deeper into misconceptions about the spiritual world. So obviously a huge assumption would be that it's, it's hocus pocus. Yeah, like it's not. It's like this like, whole yeah, right. episode How is like that? a scam. Like mm-hmm. you know, this is. It might be people are very judgmental about the space, yeah, and rightfully so because it's not a space that are, is tangible. You know, it's not something that you can see, physically touch, uh, physically interact with. So yeah, I can. There's skepticism, there's skeptics yeah. out there. So what's something that, how can you combat that and, and how do you address that assumption? You know, at the end of the day, there have been theorists like Einstein, Nikola Tesla, you know, forefathers like Dr. Wayne Dyer, Oprah Winfrey, these people who are mega, mega, mega in the industry. Mega business people have completely altered and changed the lives of others as well as changed the lives of themselves in the process of tapping into the power of belief, the power of the mind, um, the power of meditation, the power of positivity, the power of using different spiritual tools, including crystals, working with different healers, mediums, psychics, and things like that to benefit themselves. You know, the medical medium books have said to change people's lives. So my favorite thing to talk about is some of our you know, most renowned theorists that we bank into from a quantum level, quantum physics level and science level, um, also really denoted that anything that was outside of physical space that we can see, it actually exists. So there are so, there are so many times where I think that we rely so much on science and, and the Western way of kind of calculating something and breaking something down that we don't realize that you know, all of this information that's on this planet is appropriated by humans. At some level, we don't have all the answers. At some level, we're really a byproduct of knowledge that's been passed down. And what I really want to do is to ask people, challenge yourself to look at the greater minds that have stepped out of the box. Challenge yourself to experience a person who really genuinely cares about humanity and genuinely cares about what you do tomorrow and what you do the moment you walk out of that session in that door and see if they even helped you change your life for five minutes because maybe that five-minute impact is going to change your life for five years. I've had one session with clients and they're still referring people to me because they Mm -hmm. believe that that one session is so pivotal to changing the way their mind works. What I'm asking you to do as somebody who's like, I would believe an energy practitioner or healer is to really step outside of everything you know for just a hot second and believe in you and believe in the fact that we are here with a greater purpose and we are supported by something greater as well. I don't care what you call it, right? You know, when when you're talking about somebody like Dr. Wayne Dyer, who was a mainstream professor for a long time, he wrote some of the most pivotal books in, um, you know, spirituality. 
ever, I believe. I think that he's one of the reasons why I love doing what I do so much is because he helped me by reading so much. All my coaches did. Everybody who was, you know, involved in my growth did. But I think another thing that I would challenge people to, you know, go against the skepticism is what's the harm in trying? What's the harm? Is meditation going to hurt you? No. Meditation scientifically, there's even some scientific, if we want to break it down to hardcore facts that make humans feel better about things, science dictates that meditation enhances the gray matter in the brain, that it slows down your, your brain waves to remove you from a flight or fight response, which brings up your cortisol levels, which is inherently unhappy, you know, makes you very unhappy, makes you very stressed. I think that the hocus pocus element of it also comes from mainstream media making it a joke and mainstream media not even realizing that these practices also come from so many different ancient societies and religions too right like buddhism and hinduism Mm -hmm. specifically i would say yeah so when when they're shitting on people trying to get into you know their own state of awareness they're actually really desecrating other people's way of life and beliefs we're not doing anything new or out of the box here You know, in Western society, we are genuinely people that probably learn after the fact. And that's just the truth. We learn after the fact. There have been people that have been practicing this for thousands of years. We also need to remember from a theological perspective that many religions were polytheistic, meaning that they had more than one God, one system. It wasn't one system of of energy. Mm -hmm. It was many. You worshiped the sun as much as you did the plants, as much as you did the animals, as much as you did the birds. You worshiped many things. It was only when modern religion started kicking in that we started having one God-focused religions. So everything was a system of worship of all things. Everything was connected, a system of oneness. And so we broke it down to a system of believe in this because it makes you better. I think personally, it's easier for people to understand. One thing. One thing. Mm -hmm. So I think that maybe it developed in in that way because, you know, it's hard. I mean, religion in general is something that it's like a totally other like beast altogether. But it's like it's something that I think the message here of what you've said is like step out of your comfort zone, experience Mm -hmm. something different and maybe something positive will come out of it because like you said what's meditation going to do it's not going to do any harm no and maybe that's that one step in breaking down those walls for you and i'm not saying like believe in if you don't you know if you don't believe in it then don't don't do it it because it's not going to benefit you but if you like do something and you try it and you feel good or makes you feel a certain way then i think that gives you just enough reason to try and like decipher that feeling a little bit more and to dive a little deeper into it. For sure. And don't let these outside voices or outside people, if you genuinely are enjoying it, Mm -hmm. don't let these external voices of judgment or of shame make you stop. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the biggest things that I had to get over personally was being judged. For sure. Like everything, honestly. Yeah. Like, no, even as an entrepreneur, like mm-hmm. that's a huge thing. It's like people saying, oh, you're yeah. not going to make it. You're just, you know, the market's saturated. How are you going to, you know, you're quitting your job that's stable to run a jewelry line that's mm-hmm. based around crystals. like, mm-hmm. Or not even when they're outwards about it or outwardly about it, but when they like you tell them you're doing something and they're like, oh, okay, sick. And like in the back of their head, they're like, 
they're probably not going to do it. Like, I wonder if they're actually going to do it. I always, I don't know. I don't know if this is a good practice or not, but like, I always say what I want to do. And I think that it'll hopefully help me actually do it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, yeah, I'm starting Lorraine. I'm starting this bodysuit line. Like I'm going to do it. And then like, I told so many people and then I was like, okay, that's kind of helping keep me accountable. But now when I've actually, you know, done some significant things, I like touch base with some people and they're like, yeah, you're actually killing it. But I feel like initially they definitely had an element of doubt because so many people say they're going to do things and they never follow through, right? All right, so something that Christine and I just created that I'm sure you'll appreciate is a vision board. Okay. So we put down our goals, some things that we saw in business, personal, etc. Yeah, and like, you know, touching on some combined goals as well with the podcast and kind of where we want to go with that. And I guess, do you have any feelings or anything that you're kind of projecting or seeing for 2020 that's been really kind of coming into your mind or? Yeah, I actually was having this conversation uh, last night. So I did a prediction on QC for 2019. Okay. I like this is business related. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I put it out there because I don't know, sometimes I get, again, these messages where I feel like I need to share it. And for 2020, my honest vibe, it usually is a little bit more general, for sure. So it helps many people. I believe 2019 was an extremely challenging year. And the way I broke it down was three different chapters, right? And everybody kind of had to go through this extraordinarily rough patch where if you weren't waking up, you kind of were forced to. And that was your year to do so. And 2020 uh, feels really ripe. To me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like an avocado that you've had sitting out. So it's very ripe. The energy is moving really quickly as well. Um, I feel like time is going to feel like it genuinely speeds up. Oh, no. This um, year has felt so quick as well. Like, I feel yeah. like it's flown by. I know. But, you know, it, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Because when you sit, and Abraham Hicks is a, a wonderful um, intuitive that talks about, you know, being in the vortex. When you're in your own spiritual vortex energy moving quickly isn't a problem because you just kind of ride the wave. That's your job. Don't go with, don't go against the current, go with it. That's the other thing. Um, Eliminate resistance in 2020. Don't resist anything. If it doesn't feel right to you, don't keep going there. Just let yourself go down, down stream, right? Don't go against the grain of the wood. Go with it. Yeah. Rapid energy. Something about April always jumps out to me. April to me is such a pivotal month in the calendar year to me it's always april and june for some reason carry huge energy it's right after the spring you know Mm -hmm. like change as well or more just energies yeah anything around the solstice i really believe starts to uh, bring up a lot of energy so the fall solstice summer solstice for sure those things are things to watch out for always if you're looking to cultivate or to finish a project or to start a project, that's the right energy to do it in. April to me feels like a month where you're going to be kind of, I I see you basically, both of you kind of, not at a bad wall, but at a wall where you're standing there going, okay, now what's next? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You're going to have, have a lot. There's going to be uh, fire under your feet in a sense where you're going to be doing a lot rapid fire everything's going to be quick 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 which is going to be great but when you get to that wall use it as a point of reflection when it's that what now moment respect the what now moment does that make sense mm-hmm. because that what now moment is going to teach you what's next mm-hmm. so i feel like by the end of 2020 
you will have gone and burned through a lot of stuff and projects. So get ready. Get those heels, get those running shoes, whatever you want. Ready. Strap on those boots. Because it's going to be good. <laughs> it's going to be good. In 2020 in general for everybody, for me especially, uh, feels like a lot better. It, it feels 2019 was the year of change, transmissions, challenges. To me, I already knew it. I saw in 2019, you know, the hermetic symbol of the medical symbol that's on. Yeah, the like bracelets. Braces? Yeah, uh, they call it the caduceus, which is also Archangel Raphael's symbol. He's in, um, known as the angel of healing. And to me, that was a lot of people were going to go through healing, transition, change. It was going to be like massive periods of growth where they needed, you know, spiritual assistance. Does it have anything to do with like how Mercury was in retrograde and like all of the stuff that was around that? I know that's more of like. I don't know if that planetary. Would... Yeah, planetary. Um, Mercury goes into retrograde. I think three times in a year. Yeah. Um, and typically it's almost like a trimesterly. So Mercury in retrograde can be a little aggressive on some people for sure because what it does is it it really it, miscommunications can happen. Uh, travel gets messed up. Uh, electrical, anything electronic is beware driving beware that's why you, if you, you ever notice that during mercury retrograde you see a lot more accidents pay attention next time. <laughs> yeah it's, i need to keep it's unbelievable it. but no it doesn't necessarily have anything directly to do with that okay but anything planetary if there's really big you know this is the first time it's happened in 345 years yeah of course it's going to impact the energy when the, when the moon shifts it impacts animals and it impacts the ocean so Needless to say, it's going to impact us as well, right? But 2019 was definitely the year of transition. 2020 is going to be the year where a lot of people settle. A lot of people settle in. The cement's going to settle. That's so you've heard it here yeah. first. This year is going to be a good year, guys. This year is going to be great. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to our pod. Oh, it was my pleasure. Honestly. It was so great hearing about your story and about the spiritual world. And I hope you guys have some great takeaways of this conversation. Do you want to plug in your socials? Yeah, shameless plug. Uh, at Quartz no shame here. <laughs> uh, at Quartz and Canary is our Instagram and our Facebook. www.quartzandcanary.com is our website. Uh, I don't have any personal social media because I fall a little bit under the radar that way. But if there's anything that comes up, I'm sure I'll let you guys know. And we'll have all of those for you in the show notes. And we'll see you next episode. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% .9 of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.